Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Dr. Bradley Crotty, Chief Digital Engagement Officer with Brodert and Medical College of Wisconsin. In part one, Crotty talks about the digital hub Froder created in 2015 and why it remains a separate entity, how digital solutions are being leveraged across the organization to improve care, both from an administrative and clinical standpoint, how his team is working to provide a better experience for patients with mental health struggles, and the low-hanging fruit healthcare leaders should be focused on. I wanted to first just get a brief overview of the organization, what you have in terms of hospitals, how it's structured, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, Frederick and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is a, probably best described as a, an academic community health system based in southeastern Wisconsin. We have Frederick Hospital, which is the academic medical center. We also have a second teaching hospital that's more in the community called um, Frederick Menominee Falls. We have a third full-service hospital in, in West Bend, Wisconsin, and we've just entered into an affiliation agreement with a fourth hospital in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. And then we have two affiliates in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that we call Freighter South. And then we have two to three community hospitals, what we call community hospitals, which are kind of smaller hospitals uh, with an emergency department and an inpatient unit that are in different areas around uh, southeastern Wisconsin to make receiving care a little bit more convenient for people instead of having to come to the, uh, to the academic campus or, or one of our bigger hospitals. I think we're like a $2.6 billion healthcare system. Okay. And as far as Frederick and the Medical College of Wisconsin, is it more of like a partnership or how would you describe that? It's a strategic partnership. We have mm-hmm. That's how we brand and run our clinical enterprise. It's a, a combination of efforts between Freighter Health, which is the, the parent healthcare organization, and the Medical College of Wisconsin, which is the, the academic university. It is a freestanding private uh, medical school based in Milwaukee. And so, uh, you know, wanted to talk about your role as chief digital engagement officer, but then, of course, you also have uh, the CMO role with Inception Health. So could you first just talk a little bit about Inception Health? Yeah, absolutely. Inception Health is a wholly owned subsidiary under Freighter Health, and it was created in 2015 as a vehicle to affect uh, digital transformation and digital change. The reason that we called us something else and created separate structure and space for it is it's very, very difficult for legacy organizations to disrupt themselves and essentially get out of their own way of digital transformation. In the Clay Christensen model of disruptive innovation, there have been very few, if any, examples where uh, a legacy is able to effectively adapt enough to be resilience against insurgents. And we see then as well as now that technology is leveling the playing field for how we're able to create healthcare. Right now, we'll see in different companies developing virtual first um, healthcare. We see it with Amazon. We see it with primary care offerings like One Medical 98.6, Aora, which One Medical acquired. And so created inception to take that area of work in digital health and virtual care head on, as well as to be a conduit to external organizations. 
and to signal to the to the market that we are open to being a very uh, receptive uh, partner with this dedicated uh, organization. Those are philosophy that no one single health system would have the solution to how to really do this really well. So it's going to be a, a combination of partnerships that we're going to be needed to move healthcare to where it needs to be. We, through Inception, have been members of the Avia Innovation Network uh, based in Chicago. We have worked with a fair number of, of startup companies, early stage companies, as we both invest and implement uh, technologies and solutions to be part of our digital landscape. We also do manage the corporate venture arm for Freighter Health. The last piece about Inception Health that's important to know is that we actually have a 24-7 remote monitoring and clinical team that is physically housed within Inception Health. So What that enables us to do is that when we roll out different digital health solutions that, let's say, require remote monitoring, we're able to use our staff here to do the monitoring, do the escalation, and do the review, as opposed to pushing all of that down onto local care teams. Yeah. we kind of did it by starting with the EICU, a virtual ICU that many healthcare organizations have had. And then we sort of pushed out the competency from ICU more into hospital mass coverage. And then we pushed it further into ambulatory services. And, th- and that's been a key area of flexibility for us when we are trying something, implementing it doing a pilot, doing a proof of concept where we don't have to push everything down to the local level and Mm -hmm. require all of that change management to happen. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm sure that really uh, made an impact, especially during the early part of COVID when everything did ramp up so quickly as far as telehealth and things like that. So was, um, was this something that you had had in place previously, that remote monitoring staff? We, we did, mm-hmm. and um, and yes, we definitely used them to their fullest capacity during COVID. And some things would change on a, on a week-by-week basis. You know, through that team or as part of that remote monitoring team through in- Inception, we have essentially managed the majority of the COVID testing, particularly anything coming from the outside not being ordered by a clinical office and a clinical encounter, but patients calling in or doing electronic transactions with us to request COVID testing or or have their uh, symptoms managed and monitored. So that was a a huge asset that that we leveraged. Yeah. And as far as like who makes up that team, how did you put that together? So that team has a number that I can get you the the full FT. I want to say that we have, you know, like 50 or so FTE over there, but um, they're made up of uh, critical care nurses, and and many of them are, they've been on the floor, they've been in the ICUs, and and so they have a lot of experience, and they can guide kind of the next generation of nurses, so many of them are very, very experienced and chosen to join this team after they were ready to move on from in the hospital work. We have some specialists. um, who we call digital health techs that come under this work as well. So that's sort of the other end of the spectrum. They may do teleobservation. They may do our digital care. They may do health coaching. But it kind of goes all the way from that ICU RN experience down to the digital coach level. We have some advanced practice providers as well that do um, hospital cross coverage for us. 
Okay. So then it really does seem to uh, make sense how you're able to kind of marry your two roles because there is, uh, they're certainly not very separate, it seems like. Exactly. So the way Inception is also structured is that it has a very small governance board. Our board of managers has the health system CEO, CIO, the chief experience officer, the chief medical officer, the chief financial officer, and the chief experience officer. And that enables us to kind of take you know, direction from the key leaders within the organization around what our priorities are and how to move forward. And so we have Inception here on the side with there. And then many, if not all of these, have to intersect within the health system at some level. And that's where the other role comes into play. So with the CDEO role, you know, my responsibilities are to manage the governance of our digital health processes and oversee the strategy for telehealth. This was pre-pandemic, but of course, it really ramped up during the pandemic to really be an evangelist for how we make digital more available, um, such as in scheduling and different aspects of the um, clinical operations we do manage a, a growing formulary of digital therapeutics. And so we manage this kind of like a pharmacy and therapeutics committee would manage, a PT committee would manage what medicines we have in the formulary. My office manages what we put onto the digital health, digital therapeutics formulary. So what's able to be prescribed in the electronic health record. And then you know, also charged with growing and continuing a care quality program with virtual and digital health. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's exactly how kind of the roles sort of merge together. At Inception, Inception also, we do have an engineering shop as well. So when it comes to developing our mobile application for the health network and different digital aspects of digital services, and much of it is creative knitting between the EHR, uh, what we have for uh, telehealth, um, which we actually have multiple platforms for telehealth, but it's mm-hmm. integrating those solutions um, the data and the personalization directions that we know we, we need to move forward with, you know, in the healthcare space. So we have an engineering shop here as well, and that rolls up to me also. Okay. So it's, it's sort of based at inception, but, but it, it manages the, basically the mobile application and all related backend structures for, for what we call the digital engagement platform. Hmm. Okay. Really interesting. And in terms of digital health, obviously, we saw just such a huge transformation during the spring summer of last year. But when you think about digital transformation, where do you think are really those big opportunities that healthcare is either starting to or really needs to try to uh, zero in on? Maybe separate it out by a couple of different areas. I'm going to start with the the non-clinical. How can we make getting and receiving care just much more easy, uh, less stressful, and even even enjoyable. So that's the process of scheduling appointments, canceling appointments, and rearranging, rearranging those. It's understanding where to go for the next steps in your care. And it's also what services should I be using or what would be helpful for me or how do I integrate my data across different devices and get them all into a place where where someone can see them centrally. So I sort of capture all those as the administrative aspects of of digital health. And many of them have clinical tentacles, but as a core part, it's really how do we update our business 
in all of healthcare to become much more accessible to people, much more flexible to people, and to be there for them on their on their own time. So how do I, you know, it's everything from scheduling late at night for uh, appointments to being able to transact when you need a preventive care, you need a, a mammogram, or you know you do for colonoscopy and you're ready to go ahead and scheduling that. So. All of those aspects I think we need to do, and that rolls up into our digital health space. That's sort of really in the business transformation. And then in the clinical, the way I look at digital health and particularly like digital therapeutics, we now have the ability to help people follow through with care plans or to advance diagnostic or treatment capabilities in people's own homes on their own time and not really built around the schedule of clinicians. And so I think some of the, the low-hanging fruit is to be able to manage just day-to-day care. Hypertension is a really good example where we really should be managing blood pressure outside of the four walls of the of the clinic where mm-hmm. everybody comes in and they're stressed and their blood pressure is high and historically we don't take blood pressure very accurately in the clinic and we really should be managing it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's how to provide education, how to give people a, a management plan, which may include adjusting medicines to get them at their goal, monitoring labs if they need to be monitored, and providing all that data back in a way that can be just kind of reviewed and checkmarked to make sure that you're on the care plan and have all of that done outside of the visit structure. So that's a big piece of what we're, we're looking at doing Mental health is another really important and critical example. Uh, We know that it's really hard to access a therapist, and we need better options for people that may be more accessible, more uh, able to be done on people's own time, um, which may be not during the business hours of uh, psychiatrists and uh, psychologists. So Mm. we've been actually for a number of years using a digital therapeutic tool uh, to provide internet-based CBT at home, People can check in, have some education, do some journaling, do some reflection, be guided by one of our health coaches that's based in our virtual care team, and at least receive some skills if they're waiting for you know an appointment that's far out or they're using this in conjunction with any um, medications, potentially in primary care or another in behavioral health. It's an important adjunct. And we've seen really good results with that. We had a paper published in the peer-reviewed literature earlier this year that been able to put depression and, and remission among people with you know, moderate depression in the 10 to 15% range. And we've had about a 20 to 25% reduction in anxiety and depression scores. Mm. And this is a pretty you know, low-touch uh, program. It, yeah. We have one, one supporter that checks in every two weeks, but people do it on their own time, get some skills, and it, it complements Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.